0: It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that includes a host that has not taken one glance, not one look, not a mere peek at the NCAA tournament bracket. Uh, explain yourself. Explain. I mean, this is the one of the biggest weeks of the year. You haven't looked at the bracket banks.
1: Not one gander yet. I'm not taking a hard stance or anything, but literally you guys just, just before we hit record, you guys said, oh, uh, who do we care who wins this Notre Dame Rutgers game? And I was like, What 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 are you talking about? Notre Dame Rutgers, those two teams are playing right now in the tournament. Like I thought, so this is almost something I want to do. Like, I, I I almost want you guys to just like rattle off the entire bracket to me, and I'll just give you like one word or one sentence on every game, or pick a game, like pick the winner, just based on me. So what I mean, college basketball for me this season was oh, we got a bunch of transfers at Maryland. That's kind of exciting. Um, oh, wait, maybe they don't mesh that well. Oh, Mark Turgeon quit. Oh, the Ravens went downhill. And then I just never got into college basketball. Like, tax season picked up for me, and I've been super busy with that. And so, like, this bracket got released on Sunday night. I'm working. Well, that's going on, and I just haven't – you know, the players was all day Monday. We'll talk a little bit about that later, I'm sure. And um, <clears throat> It's Wednesday now. It's just like here we are. I just haven't even looked at the bracket. I'm gonna look at it. And I'm gonna fill one out tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, and do the whole thing. But we're, let's, let's, hear, let's let's hear it, man. Let,
0: let's. I'm gonna save that prior to the draft. So we're doing a March Madness themed draft later in the show. But I want to make sure we get to these Ravens free agency situation in baseball because I know that's what people want here. But we will do this. So don't look at the bracket <laughs> for the next like. 30 minutes, for however long we're going to talk. I have it open. I have it open, so we will jump into that once we talk about the big breaking news. And just to be – we talked about this before jumping on. Just just to be totally transparent with our audience, I would say the last four to five weeks has been a bit of a struggle from like a what are we talking about in regards to Baltimore sports standpoint with, you know, no real Ravens news, baseball lockout, you know, the the college teams around here not performing, whether that be, you know, Maryland – Uh, you know, we had a little Towson basketball run, but no, 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 really incredible stories.
2: Coppin state almost made one.
0: Coppin state. Juan Dixon almost made a run with like (laughs) eight regular season wins.
2: That first half was fun. I'll say that.
0: (laughs) Um, you know, but boy, did it explode the last four or five days. So let's start with the Ravens. You know, NFL free agency starting one of the biggest times of the year, as I, you know, we've said before, and has been said ad nauseum around the country, NFL, a 365-day sport at this point. I mean, there's just never really a time where the NFL isn't popping off in some capacity. Doesn't mean every team is. As we said, the Ravens have had three kind of quiet weeks. They didn't have a quiet day. They were quiet last 24 hours. Marcus Williams from New Orleans, five years, 70 million. Zedarius Smith from Green Bay, our old friend, four years, 35 million. Morgan Moses, veteran right tackle from the Jets, three years, 15 million. Ravens addressing three very big needs, pass rusher, tackle, but most importantly, a durable tackle, and uh, sort of a ball hawking free safety we haven't seen in the last few years. Banks, what is your just overall thoughts on the Ravens making a pretty big, quick, like bang, 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 splash in free agency? We don't necessarily see all that often. This isn't you don't normally see them, especially throughout a seventy million dollar type number.
1: This is not the typical blueprint. This is coming off losing the last five, six straight games, and and we have a good roster, and we got to pounce and make something happen now. So EDC man with a plan coming in with, and uh, something when he when when he does dive into the free agency pool, a lot of times he will attack something that isn't necessarily on people's radar as something to go attack in free agency. So when he does that, it says to me that they've got a player that they've had their eye on. They put a lot of effort and in and, and scouting and had their eye on for a while. And if they want to go get a guy and, and, and pay him 14 million a year at the, at the safety position, like they're going to do that. And that's exactly what they did. I'm excited about it because all the things that people are saying about it, he's relatively young. He's it's a five year deal. He's a center fielder type. He covers a lot of ground. Um <clears throat> The Ravens, obviously, and this is the narrative that's always going to happen when you have such a legendary player like Ed Reed, but they've been looking for years for the guy that's supposed to do that. And it's not as though this isn't a um, a situation like like Joe Flacco after they drafted him and then didn't draft any offensive players. Like, they've made efforts to try to get that safety. They've signed Eric Weddles and Tony Jeffersons, who's, you know, come back and everything, and um, obviously the Earl Thomas debacle. They've made their efforts to sign or trade or or draft or whatever these guys that, that'll fill the the shoes of of such a legend. And uh, this is, this is their biggest foot forward yet. And, and there's so much upside. And I think what, what this does most is, is we haven't had this type of safety coupled with the duo with, with, um, with Humphrey and Marcus Peters. And the one thing that Peter's like, for all the good things that he does a lot, I mean, he's aggressive. He takes his chances, we haven't necessarily had that guy over top who's, who's a, as big of a safety blanket um, deep in the secondary with him in there. And so I think that they're just going to complement each other really well. They're going to take some of the pressure off Chuck Clark to be kind of the, the quarterback of the secondary back there. And um, man, I'm fired up about it. It's just when when the Ravens go in with such a um, just a concerted effort to do something the way that they have the first couple of days here, you just can't help but be thrilled about it. And I know that people in the organization are thrilled about it
0: too. Yeah, I, th- I, think, it's a situ- I think it's a situation too. If you look at the Ravens, i guess three biggest needs here, and I'll, I'll start with some things about Williams. Obviously, you talked about a huge ball hawker. I um, mean, I'm sure all Ravens fans have read the stats, but you know, made a play on the ball in 27.6% of targets thrown to him, which is the highest in the league according to NFL next-gen stats. One of the things that I think got lost in a lot of the offensive line issues and the lack of ability to get to the quarterback is we, we talked a lot about the Ravens having issues defending the pass last year. Everyone knows those numbers, league worse, blah, blah, blah. They also didn't create a lot of plays. Like not only did they not stop teams from completing passes, they also weren't taking a lot of balls back the other way um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and making it easier for their offense to operate. They didn't create a lot of turnovers just in general. So they clearly went out and got a guy. And and you saw this also with JC Jackson too, got a ton of money from the Chargers as sort of a ball hawking corner. Teams are looking to pay guys that, you know, can give them the ball back on defense, not just, you know, defend the pass in an effective way. They want playmakers in the secondary. And Marcus Williams is clearly that guy. It's so funny. His biggest claim to fame before getting this contract and being actually a good NFL player is being involved in the Minneapolis miracle where he made a horrible play um, to try to, you know, hit Stefan Diggs, knocked away the corner and that all happened. But clearly, um, maybe that was a motivator for him because he's become a really, really good player. As you said, it's always great to see the Ravens go in on a guy, you you know, with the organizational confidence, you feel like um, they're going to, you know, have the player effectively scouted. And then clearly this, this affects a need, but you then go down to Z- Darius Smith, who we know a ton about. And then Morgan Moses 31st in the past last year, the Ravens gave up a franchise record 57 sacks and they didn't have anybody produce double digit sacks. So with their three signings, they really addressed their three most glaring statistical issues. I think you would probably say last season. Um, and that's a pretty nice job in 24 hours of free agency. Um, and now you go into the draft. I think one of the, when we talked about this three or four weeks ago, about what does the Ravens off season look like? I was like, oh man, can they address all these issues in the draft? They're a little cap strapped. Are they really going to go out and spend money in free agency? And I think that was, that was anxiety inducing. Cause you're, there was, you know, there's no path to address every single one of those issues in the draft. I don't care how many comp picks you have. You're not going yeah. in and finding really game changing players. Most of the time, at least in year one, and now going into the draft, they can play around a little bit in terms of, you know, some best player available stuff, maybe with the first round pick or whatever, I, I would still probably s- stick with one of those areas, mostly offensive and defensive line, but Now someone slips. Now they have a little bit more leeway because they found their free safety. They found a right tackle and they've, you know, found
1: a pass rusher. So I think that's really a job well done by Eric DaCosta. 100%. They're spending money, which is out of the norm, especially for three different guys so quickly and it's good chunk of change, but they're not overpaying these guys. They're like Marcus Williams, 14 million a year can sound like a lot for safety, but, it's the seventh most in the league for safety and he's proven to be a top 10 safety in the league, if not more. And people who, who know, who've watched a lot of film, I can't claim to be one of those people, but the people who are, are, you know, the saints film gurus and all those types of things are like, wow, this guy's a really great fit for somebody like the Ravens who can really let him kind of play to his strengths and really play that center field position cover a lot of ground and, and be that guy. Whereas at the saints, he wasn't able to do that as much. So Um, he's somebody who should really thrive with us and, and with the, it's an embarrassment of riches that these guys have, um, in the secondary. And then like Morgan Moses, it's such a reasonable deal. And, and apparently the jets had, had more money lined up and, and you look at, um, you're not going to put these two in the same sentence in terms of what they've accomplished, but let's think about it for a second. Von Miller getting six years, 120 million up in Buffalo. That's 20 million a year, and he's what in his I think early to 30s, like 33. So that contract goes to like 39. Darius is, is a couple of years younger, and he's getting half the amount of money per year. Um, you really look at that, like the, the bills are paying for past performance. And yeah, zadarius had an awesome you know, first season in Green Bay and it had some injury issues. Um, this you know, most recently, but it's, it's a far less risky proposition to pay such a reasonable amount for a player with a, who's proven to have a ton of upside, a ton of it. Like if, if you had – if we had signed Z to this kind of number when he was hitting free agency out of Baltimore, like that would have been nuts. So what it says to me is, is players like to come here – and we, I, I mean I preach this all the time. The culture in Baltimore is something that, that players like to see. They like they, – they're attracted to it they'll take less money to come here over these other places. And they invest in awesome facilities and they give back to the community and, ha- and build this great reputation. They invest in having this great reputation and it pays forward when they save money on these great players that they're getting at affordable rates.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's good. I, I I'm tr- I was trying to find the tweet. I should have had it ready to go there. You know, you have all these websites that sort of project player value like sport track and all these things. And, and it was saying that the Ravens signed all these guys at a lower average annual value than was projected based on, you know, where people have seen the market going. I think mean, Smith is a really good example of that. I mean, it is tough to get past rushers for a deal that you look at and you're like, okay, that's, you know, that feels fair. You really have to overpay for sacks. I mean, you just, that's the way it is. I mean, this so has been our
1: biggest hurdle is the fact that we've, it's been a, a hole for us to get sacks And we're just not a team that goes out and and pays a premium for anything really in the free agent market. So to find somebody at less than market at such a premium position, you know, provides such value is insane. I can't believe the deal that we're getting on. him.
0: Yeah. But you look at, you look at, especially Smith, like you go four years, 35, even if you get two years of double digit sacks out of him in a window where you're trying to win now, that's, incredible value It's incredible value and even if he falls off it once he gets to you know 33 or you know 32 whatever it is by the way von miller turns 33 in 10 days just for the okay yeah, for the fact for the because i'm a fact checker i'm just you know the fact checker on the show but yeah it's it, i think they they're two really they feel like two really i mean marcus Williams is coming into his prime and the other two deals for vets i mean morgan moses there's an awesome quote that was put out by some there's so much that flies on Twitter it's impossible to remember who puts it out but Moses talking about how he takes care of his body and his body is a temple and you look at his durability and you know the Ravens by the way got good reports on him because Joe Douglas used to work in the organization as the GM for the Jets so you know that the, you know the, the, the reviews and information they're getting and based on what the Jets were offering them I mean, they clearly wanted to bring him back so that's a guy you hope you can plug and play and even if he's not an elite right tackle you just need someone who can actually play there for 16 games, much less be elite. I mean, they the it was the revolving door was the issue so so much last year. So, um, three really smart
2: signings.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I like I think we we really liked what Patrick McCarry was doing at right tackle. And I could have been content keeping him there, but it gives us a little more flexibility to move him somewhere, like center with Bradley boson probably going somewhere else um and getting big bucks for that too. Like it just opens a lot of doors to either move him there or do exactly what you said at the top of the show. It, like, it just relieves a lot of pressure going into the draft that you feel that you have to do something. You have to go one direction with it, another direction, which the Ravens aren't necessarily prone to do anyways, but it just lets you just do best player available and feel a lot more comfortable going through the rest of your offseason.
2: Do you still think Poseman is gone? Because it hasn't it seemed like most of the center's have kind of I think they've re-signed with I think their original teams. And it's kind of like Bozeman is maybe on. I mean, obviously he can play any any position. Um, but it just seems like he's kind of on the outside looking. And I saw someone being like, Don't be surprised if you know you see Bozeman back, because again, he's kind of doesn't really have anywhere to go. I know, I know the Bengals have signed a couple guys. I mean, I I know the Bucks have, you know, lost some linemen, but they've also they've re-signed some guys, so
1: yeah, and some like know like J.C. Treader getting released in Cleveland, like there's guys that are hitting the market as well that Bozeman, you know, Bozeman is kind of get a better contract than some of these guys, but just the fact that there's more, more quantity out there for these teams to kind of play off of each other, it, it, it could potentially hurt Bozeman's ability to get the big contract that he needs as the only center on the market. So um, I don't know. I, I, never say never. It, he just, his, his, the way the season ended and and the way that the free agency period approached the writing on the wall just seemed like he was one of those guys that played his way out of Baltimore to his credit. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, Rightfully so, so. Yeah. Um, so if he comes back, I think everybody would be over the moon about it. Um, who knows what, what the, the dollars would be for, for such a possibility to present itself. But, um, either way, I, I just think that, um, we've positioned ourselves well to move on from such a possibility. And, and if, if the pieces fit and he wants to come, you know, make Baltimore his long-term home, then I I think everybody's in for that too. So we'll see. In terms of departures,
0: hasn't really been anything crazy. Anthony Averett, who I think, you know, was an up and down from a perception standpoint thrown into a big role last year, um, just signed with the Raiders. As we I, just as we started recording, then Eric Tomlinson um, signed with the Broncos for one year. Mm. So we also we cut Tavon Young though, and cut Tavon Young. Sorry, I was I talking was about the guy signed away, but yes, cut Tavon. I'm right.
2: surprised because he hasn't signed anywhere, right? Tavon Young, not that I've seen. No, I'm he kind hasn't. of surprised that he's still out there.
1: He he seems like a guy who could hang out there for a bit, circle back and
2: wait around to minicamp, yeah, minicamp or something. Yeah, I,
1: I wouldn't even say till minicamp, but um, yeah. I, it seemed like the team, you know, the players themselves were pretty heartbroken about him getting let go. And he seemed like it was a very not amicable. It wasn't like a mutual agreement too, but like he, you know, was grateful for for what he he did here in Baltimore and and obviously likes it here. And you just who the heck knows? I would have thought that he would have been signed by now, but just the fact that he hasn't, I
2: don't know, never know. And there there's been no update on Jimmy Smith and what he was doing, right? He's kind of just uh, the only the only retirement non retirement scene I've seen publicly is um,
0: Derek Wolf sort of talked about considering retirement and then he tweeted today that he was going to come back and play so whether that's with the Ravens or not well he
1: responded directly to the report that he was thinking about the report being his own words when he yeah, said that whole thing was I might retire, retire. so
2: yeah.
1: he he seems like
2: retirement. It hmm. seemed like his relationship with the Ravens soured this past year. I know there was stuff with the injury and like how I it was know, handled. And I don't know. It seemed kind of weird hmm. how how that went down. It strikes me as weird too. Yeah. So we'll see if that means anything as we, we roll um, through free agency.
0: Um, you guys want to hear the Ravens' 10 picks in the April draft?
1: Yeah, no, yeah
2: we got was, the comp picks. Then. It was comp pick day. That That's the bank's day.
0: Shout out David Coley. <laughs> do, oh, do i have this list in front of me hold on hold on now i don't feel like i have this list yeah D- yeah david collie thanks thank you for your, that talk about an absolute thank you for your service
2: i, I can <laughs> i can get them if you need the the comp picks yeah i had them in
0: front of me and this is just let me tell you about this is just bad this is just um, bad. here you go I, I got it
2: i got it third go round ahead. 36 overall or 36 100th overall round choice yeah round round choice overall selection 100th yeah, the 100th overall selection. Um, fourth round, 139th. And then where is the should, last? Should nine? be
1: a, another fourth round,
0: I think. I think it's, not, I think it's nine yeah.
2: picks in the first four rounds overall, which four, is Four and 141. So they go they go 139 and 141 with Green so Bay. So from the
1: top, talk Brown. to me.
2: From the top, first rounder, one, their own first
0: rounder, their own second rounder, two thirds, their own and the Cully pick. Five fourths, their own, the Giants, the Cardinals, and two, two comps, and one sixth-round pick in Miami. So you can do some things with those oh, those five fourth-rounders. That can allow you to jump back into the third round, you know, trade one back, get something in the in the fifth, whatever you want to do. That's ridiculous. Five fourth-round picks, the round of the Ravens, the fourth round. Gotta love it. But like I said, it felt like. At one point, those five fourth-round picks might be playing a little too much football in Baltimore next year. No disrespect to any of those people are going to be. Now you've addressed three really big needs. Now you can sort of maneuver with those picks. Um, We will see if the Ravens do anything more in free agency. It feels like, from a big signing perspective, job done, unless they feel like they have more money to spend, which I guess we'll see. But, you know, they put out their big deal got Smith at a, you know, with incentives, I think that contract can get up to like 50 million dollars. Then Moses is a, seems like a pretty team friendly veteran type of deal for a guy that probably wants to win. And then, you know, they'll move through and see where the value is as guy's continue to get cut. By the way, um former Raven Yannick Ngakwe, now on his fourth team in five
2: years. That's crazy. I think I thought I saw that he had been on five teams. Oh uh, maybe that's what maybe it's
0: four teams in three years and f- yeah. Yeah.
2: Someone someone said I and I may have just been scrolling <laughs> like quick. Yeah. Five teams since
0: 2020. So it's Jags, Vikings, Vikings, Ravens, Ravens, Raiders, 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 Colts. Yeah. Wow, that's that's wild. That's
1: wild. (laughs) If there's something that I that that maybe they go after here, could be middle linebacker. Yeah, Miles Jack was released. Um, I thought
2: that would have been that seemed like a Raven. There was all the
1: Bobby Wagner chatter. Maybe too expensive. I don't know, but uh, yeah, if they if they were to get a guy there in the middle, um, and let Patrick Queen go do his thing that he did so well once they moved him off all those responsibilities yeah. in the middle, like I mean,
0: Miles Jack to the Steelers feels like a good move for the Steelers.
2: That and then it's like, oh, by the way, who did they sign as their linebacker coach a couple of weeks ago? Brian Flores. Like, all right, that's. And then, and then like you're like, "Oh, who did they stuff. sign as their starting quarterback? Mitch Trubisky."
0: Oh, and no. then it kind of.
2: Hey, they tendered uh, um, Haskins 2.5 million. So. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Quarterback of the future. If only, if only they had, you know, known that Big Ben was going to retire.
1: You know, they yeah. Who could have seen it coming? I.
0: It's crazy. In terms of around the division, Amari Cooper is certainly going to be something to deal with. He's a good player. He's been getting so, shit on a lot, and I don't think. Yes, I don't know why. I think I it's because there's is. there's a previous perception as a first round pick that Amari Cooper should be say, what Julio Jones was for ten years, and he just wasn't. But he's always been good. He's not bad. He's just not elite. He's just not there's like a, a, a lot of.
1: There's a good first team all pro. I think guys who I think like football Twitter is just taken narratives and run with it and they just say that this guy's shit and it's just like come on like it's well and it's look, at the the teams,
2: look at the teams he's been on too they're easily three now they're three of the most laughable the the three teams that people like to make fun of the most the raiders the cowboys and the browns like so yeah he's he's a pinata on those teams yeah he's, he's Especially very, once he's you're very on the, good
0: once you're on the cowboys you can't do anything right i mean that that's i mean you're right. Once he gets to the Browns, now it'll be a similar thing. But those are two like lovable losers. Everybody just wants everyone on the Cowboys to be a joke.
2: Well, and so. also like people clown on because they're like, I can't believe he's getting paid this much money, and it's like it's, it's not his fault. He's getting he, he signed the deal. That's all he did. Like, good for him. Like, you know, I I don't yeah. People make fun of him for making a lot of money, and it's like, all right, well, he's yeah, gonna get the last him.
1: laugh there, buddy. To say like Kirk Cousins like, <laughs>
2: well, yeah, I mean, he's another one. He's he's just a punching bag. But like. I, Carson Wentz, punching bag. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. punching bag. Does the, the Amari, does the Amari like, obviously, where it stands right he's, now? With, I mean, he's better than Jarvis Landry. Well, Jarvis Landry is now a free agent. Where, yeah, because, and that's the other thing. Who's they're going to release Austin Hooper? Their quarterback right now is Baker Reagan Mayfield. Who is <laughs> signing your middle name? And that's a weird move. What do we do? Oh, well, yeah. Really.
1: I, I, I actually do think that the Ravens might go out and sign tight end. Um, maybe Hooper. Maybe re- that would, I mean another they, guy that'd be a, that'd be a
0: solid one. The Patrick Ricard stuff has been kind of interesting. Oh. P- Patrick yeah. Ricard
2: has turned into a punching bag for Raven. Yeah.
0: Which makes, which is horrible. Yeah, and makes no,
2: be, what, what I hate is like,
0: I, I, this is just, a am- I, I I know these guys make a lot of Ravens I Twitter is rich in all time toxicity, by the way. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Like what, like Before why are the you signings, upset with least. this guy? Like, why are you upset with this guy? Yeah. I mean, that was bad for like two weeks. People need to calm down. Um, like, you can't blame this guy for going out and trying to get paid. He's a fullback. He, he, The fact he's in position to make any money at all is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah. It's like, oh, from he's, he's asking for tight end money. It's like, well, why would he not?
1: Why would he not? Tra- why man, would he, he have ever gotten paid up to this point, given the positions he's played? Like, this guy has done an unbelievable job for our football team to opportunize – you know, this exact moment for him to go get a contract. Like people should be thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for him. Same thing with Bozeman, same thing with like Torrey Smith a few years ago when it was like clear that we weren't going to be able to resign him, but he also had done enough to, you know, prove himself valuable to another team that would give him a contract. Like happens all the time around here. Yeah. People
0: People, got to stop. People got to stop getting upset about that stuff.
2: They love shitting on their guy. They get people who were their guys six months ago. Who are now in a position to get paid? Like the second they leave, they're like, "All right, well, fuck that guy." It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, you could get jari- a discount yeah, to stay exactly. in Baltimore. Yeah, it's, it's not like, how it always no, is. No, like, just no, talk- these guys. Are I remember these guys. I had to do a, a Twitter
1: live on my way to work like two, three years ago, the morning that Z signed with Green Bay, and um, I forget who else moved on. It was just, it was like three guys moved on the same. You know, four o'clock hits and a bunch of people sign with this team, that team, whatever. And we just like lost all our guys. People freaked out. And I had to do a Twitter live just to tell people, calm the fuck down. There's a plan. There's always a plan.
0: Fascinating stuff.
2: Hopefully that toxicity calms down a little bit. Yeah. The Photoshop's have not calmed down no a lot didn't. of Photoshop. a lot nah, of everyone's every, yeah, everyone's i think people are in microsoft pain at this point you know what the worst ones are is the players who have already played for that team like sedarius and they're like oh look at this here's an up-to-date uh jersey swap i did <laughs> here's ryan jensen in the ravens look at this yeah it's, f- it's fucking hilarious dude the, and let's tell you what like we have our designer in maryland can do the jersey
0: swaps like extremely well that's hard to do, those jersey swaps. People, like, you got to put a lot of time on the old Photoshop to get good Well, at those I mean, things. you've seen some of the ones high school kids do for um, colleges. The crazy part is then there's there's high school kids that are like unbelievable at it, but then you have people that just are not. Yeah. It's hard out there. It's hard out there in the jersey swap game. Um, let's move to baseball. Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to have baseball for a while, and now it's back, and now the Orioles are in spring training, and now Adley Rushman's hurt. What a range of emotions. What a range of emotions, but it's great. It's great to have it's the the world's put, have put out some videos like down in Sarasota, like getting everything together. Like it's great to have it back.
2: I mean, yeah. Like I was thinking last Monday night, it was like a week ago tonight. We legitimately thought there wouldn't be a baseball season. And now like, we're just, just in a pool of, of free agent signings and it's great. Um, Obviously the Adley stuff I see, I'm, I'm worried not that I have any insight or anything. The people I've talked to are like, it's fine. It's just a small thing. It's not going to be a long-term thing. But, I mean, we all remember May 14, you know, Matt Wieters. And they're like, you can almost just, you, you know the time frame. They're like, oh, he has soreness. And I know it's not a forearm. It's completely different in his tricep. But it's like, oh, the soreness. Oh, he's going to rest. Oh, he's not responding to the rest. Now he's going to do a PRP. Oh, and now he needs Tommy John. Like it, it was just like rinse and repeat, not saying that that's what's going to happen. I'm not Googling what happens with tricep um, discomfort and all that. And again, maybe, maybe this is a thing be- with the lockout where Adley got a little sore after a game that he had played in, obviously playing in it, playing in an inner screen, inner team scrimmage is different than, you know, a workout, a warm warmup um, practice, something like that. So who knows if it is his adrenaline and he chucked one down there and they just want to kind of keep him down. But the only thing is it does it does answer, I guess, the question that we were all waiting on pretty much is, is Adley going to make the opening day roster, which I think now you can say no. Because Hyde said he's out two to three weeks. We're, that's right on the timetable of opening day roster. So maybe he's not in Tampa for that opening series. Maybe he's here for the Brewers series. That would be kind of cool if he makes his MLB debut and in, in his home debut in the same game. Um, I mean, if he only missed, you know, three games, that would be something. Maybe he makes it on the West Coast trip after that that Milwaukee series. I don't know. Um, but, again, people, its it sounds like people are not that worried, uh, people in the know and, and around him. They said the MRI showed no structural damage. It doesn't get much better than that, but I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's obviously, like, I'm my ears perked up. I was not – I was at about a two yesterday. I went up to about a six today. But that's just me being, you know – we haven't seen the
1: word plasma show up
2: anywhere, have we? No, 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 no plasma. No word. <laughs> no, no forearm. No forearm tightness. That's the thing.
1: No initials of anything.
2: Nope. 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 No doctors. No. Yeah, I do not no, want to. Hear, I do not want to hear the word tightness. He's not leaving Sarasota to go see a specialist or anything. They said we did an MRI. There was nothing. I think Brandon Brandon Hyde said it's a small blip on what's going to be a long career. And I know people were like, "Why did he say career?" That, that, like, it was alarming to some people. Like, why are we looking down the line, like, as if this could affect his career? So, I don't know. I mean, the positive thing is he did hit an opposite field inside the park home run on Friday. That's pretty sick. <laughs> you don't see that very often out of a catcher or anyone.
0: It, do- it does. His injury, do- though, does, like, play into, I think, what the biggest storyline of early spring training is. And we have talked about this a little bit, but when are the Orioles – Going to unleash these guys? When are they going to unleash the Adleys? When are they going to unleash the Graysons? Like the guys you've been talking about for a while. It feels like Adley should be on the big league club no matter what. I mean, pitching may be a little different, but at this point, you know, you have a college catcher. Part of the reason you drafted him is because he's unbelievably mature. He does everything well, blah, blah, blah. And he's 24 years old. So, like, he's got to, if he's healthy, he should – and maybe they start him just to rehab him a little bit if the injury is – they've got to start him on the big league club. Like, you've got to be able to go into Oriole Park at the home opener unless he's hurt and have him be on the roster. I, I, like, that just – it just feels like the infusion of energy the club needs. Grayson's a in little, a little bit of a different situation, but Adley feels like – I mean, it's got to be
2: So he – he's, he's got to be – he's ready. He's just got to be ready. Friend of the program, Jeremy Kahn, was on with Glenn Clark and said that he had heard from people at the Orioles that they were hanging up Adley Rutschman posters in Camden Yards. You know, the display stuff, promo things yep, on the warehouse. Not on the warehouse, but, you know, the different artwork, whatever. So, to me, that's a great sign. Like you said, obviously, this is before the injury. They're not going to take them down. But to me, that seems like a... And again, Elias has said all the right stuff. Like someone asked him, you know, straight up, is he going to be on the opening day roster? And he said, it, you know, something like if, if we didn't think he could be on the opening day roster, he wouldn't be here at camp right now. Like he would not be with these big guys. And I think, I think there's some truth to that. Um, I, I think, I think he had a damn good shot of making it before this injury. And again, people were like, oh, this is just a way to, for the Orioles to not have to, you know, to delay service time and stuff like that. And it's like, no, I, I I'm, I'm with you Taylor. I think we're at that time where, They, there was no reason for a 24 year old Adley Rutschman to go back to Norfolk, a place where he played more than a handful of games last year and played really well. Like he, 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 again, he was a 23, 24 year old playing against in AAA. It, 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 that can't be happening. It shouldn't be happening. I get why it happened because of the COVID year and stuff like that, but there's no excuse for him not to be up unless it's an injury or something like that. I get it. Um, so yeah, maybe he does. Someone said today, maybe he starts out of buoy to rehab. Sure. As long as it's for a rehab start and they're not like, oh, we just want to see him, you know, what he can work with, um, you know, with, with the pitchers down at AAA. It's like, no, no, no. You got, you kind of got to shit or get off the pot now. And again, I don't know how long it delays him, but man, if he, if he makes his debut on that, that three Oh five game against the Brewers on that Monday, that would be, that would be something. I think that would be very cool, but. I mean, that would be electric right now. I'm fingers crossed. Um, I've offered my tricep, um, you know, not that it's anything special, but I would, I would give it if needed. Um, yeah. I'm just, I, am I'm, I'm more worried because that's just the kind of guy I am. But again, everyone I've talked to or read doesn't seem to be worried at all.
0: I, 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 I don't know if Jeremy's right about that reporting, but that feels right. Cause it feels right to go all in on the promotion of this guy. Absolutely. The girls mean, have got to flip the script and start selling some tickets.
2: I know like, it's massing, but I would I, like, why are we not seeing commercials right now for like a sp- you know, opening day, three weeks. Like, I mean, Brian, you remember the massive. I think you just say I,
0: an- I think you just answered
2: your own question. Well,
1: yeah. There's just yeah. not that. There's not a lot of opening day buzz for some reason.
2: Yeah. And hopefully that'll kick up in the next couple of weeks. Um, Cause again, well, that's I mean, the thing. Like, like you are shitting on they- Rob Manfred and baseball for, for three months straight. And now, now it's like, everyone's like, we did it. We're back.
0: Yeah, I mean I, and that's always I mean, that's always sort of what happens. But mm-hmm. like, you know, they've got the Orioles have obviously not done a ton in free agency since oh, they're Rob, allowed Robinson Rob, Chirinos, Chirinos? I was gonna say is mean,
2: the only uh guy they've signed to a major league deal. Uh Chris uh, yeah, a major league deal, yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we can go through all the minor league deals that they've done the last By the way, S- SVP saying Robinson Chirinos. gonna be very good that's gonna be good that's an all-time that's an
1: all-time
3: it's gonna be be good i think the
0: other sign you see for um from you know in in terms of like looking at the 40 man i mean chernos is the only catcher on the 40 man
2: well they signed they signed bo taylor today um who i forget where he played but i think he's like a 32 year old you know oh i think it was with the now guardians um again I, he's a body to have in camp yeah
0: so um, i it it feels like we're building up to the adley rushman debut here very very shortly, yeah, which is going to be great be. it's going to be, be great be. um do you want to give I, eric i know you've done a lot of a lot of you know research you you're one of the the preeminent baseball journalists i would say in the world and you've been looking into the carlos correa signing for a long time you know the, the you know the biggest story i would say maybe the biggest story in sports right now do you have any update you would like to share? You know that you can put on the record. I know you're know you're in talks with tons of people trying to figure this story out. You know, can you, can you give the people any update on Carlos Correa's four hundred and seventy five billion dollar deal with the Orioles?
2: I feel like a yo yo because I'm like I know he's not gonna I know he's not gonna sign. I it, I don't I don't think he will. the The offer may be real. The ten years, three hundred million. Now tonight, I heard t- ten years more money than three hundred million. Um, I don't know, because now we're hearing that Boris, it's, it's interesting because he fired Correa fired his agent, I think in like December after the lockout, had started signed with Scott Boris, maybe January. Um, so whatever deal he signs, Boris has to split X amount of it with Correa's old client. So the rumor was that Boris wants him to take a high money one year deal or, you know, a deal with an opt out after one year, then he'll opt out. And then next year, sign a big deal. So Boris can get all the money. If you're Scott Boris, that's 100% what he should do because that's the reason Scott Boris is the most powerful man in baseball and maybe sports. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that the offer isn't there. I'm hearing that the offer is there. I was hearing that the offer was pulled earlier today and the Yankees were in front and the Astros are in front and... So, I don't know. Again, I'm being torn in all different directions. Again, I don't think he comes here. I would love to be wrong. I would absolutely love to eat crow on this one. I don't think he signs, but I'll, I'm, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do my damn best to make sure he knows that I want him. Because you, you really have put on the full-fledged recruiting. Are you fluent in re-
1: two languages yet?
2: No, no, but I'm very fluent in Google Translate. That's a bit of big help. It it helped me with Victor Victor Mesa. Obviously, that was good oh, that he true. did sign here a couple of times. Victor Victor Mesa. Great. Well, yeah. Again, that, <laughs> I that, dodged a, the bullet there. A
1: Victor Victor.
2: Yeah. Well, and his brother Victor. There's Victor. You got to get Victor on. Doors. Doors. You got to get on Duolingo. <laughs> yeah.
0: You got to get on Duolingo.
2: Yeah. I. I but they're doing know. your I mean, daily lessons. <laughs> there again, the people who are like, oh, why do you want? Him? I can't believe people want him. Like I had people telling me that they don't want to give, they don't want to sign him. Because he's a bad role model for the kids, and I said, "So what was your thought on Miguel Tejada, Nelson Cruz, Brian Roberts, Brady Anderson, guys like that?" And the person said, "They didn't cheat in my eyes." <laughs> like, you, what, a ridic- what, a, what a ridiculous rationalization that is! You got you got positive steroid tests from from those guys, like that's that's cheating. I I don't know how you can be, you know, but again, there are people who are like, "I don't want him." It's like you don't want a, a shortstop with a six and a half WAR, like. A twenty-seven-year-old, obviously, I know he has his history of back issues and stuff like that. I mean, he—I don't get it. I don't get it. You should want Carlos Correa on your team. And at this point, the or—we talked about this pre-show. The Orioles should
0: just—the Orioles should just take swings.
3: Exactly. They might as it's, well
0: because if you sign this guy to a ten-year deal, and we're—we're we're giving this probably way more oxygen than it deserves, based on, but it's fun to talk about. Like, if you him to attend your deal, he's in your entire window with all of your young guys. You've, like, gotten to that point. Like, if you can, like, get a guy like this, you go get them, and you hope that in two years when everything c- comes to four, they're the leader at 29 or 30 of your World Series run, so.
2: Exactly. And, and again, the people, like you said, the biggest thing, I'm just having fun with it because there are people who are like, I can't believe these idiots who actually think that he's going to sign. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't think he's actually going to sign. But, again, it's like, I'm going to get every like and retweet. I can out of this. Like I will, I will get everyone I can. But again, it's but like, also, I haven't seen Orioles Twitter have this much fun in like a long, long time. Like it also makes sense for Mike
0: Elias to, maybe he would not agree with this, but this is just from my uneducated perspective, like you might as well get it out there that you're willing to put up $300 million to sign a player. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that that even like even if they have no chance to sign him, even if they barely put it out, they should just like they should offer and then just give it to a reporter and be like, hey, we like put this deal on the table. We were going to pay him the most money, but you know he went to the Yankees. Like if he goes to the Yankees for twenty million dollars, less because he wants to win. Like that doesn't look bad for the Orioles. The whole public perception is that no one wants to sign for the Orioles so like that's a nice little like carrot to your fan base like hey we are gonna willing be willing in the next three to four years to spend some money to try to win with this core that we feel like we've built
2: absolutely that's perfect and and again it's kind of like what I had said it's it's like what they should have done with Machado where offer him offer him 10 years 250 million you know he was gonna say no and then you can turn around and go, "See, guys, we tried." He's the one that said, "No, we're not the bad guy. He's the bad guy." You can say that again if you, if if Elias, because that's the weird thing too is you haven't heard Elias just straight up came out and was like, "We're not doing any multi year deals with with you know shortstops or whatever." But none of the beat writer, reporters, writers have said anything about it. Um, but I, I mean, I'm with you. I would I, wherever he signs, whenever he signs, it could be tomorrow, it could be tonight, it could be two weeks. If I'm Elias, I'd be like, yeah, you know, we had an offer out there. It had a couple commas and some zeros and he didn't take it. But like, you know, again, we're we're willing to invest money in this ball club and, and, you know, to win. And, and that's, that's what they're going to have to do going forward. Because like you said, it shows players, it shows agents like, Oh, you know what? Maybe they are kind of serious about kicking this thing into high gear. And maybe Baltimore wouldn't be that bad. And, you know, maybe it is a good landing spot. So I'm with you there again. I have no idea how or when this thing ends. Um, I've hit refresh more than I've ever hit refresh in my life. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of like, I, I think he ends up going back to Houston. That's what I think. But again, I hope I'm very wrong. I would have no problem admitting that I was absolutely wrong on this one. I mean, let's, it let's would hope. be
0: one of the all time. Like, people where were you s- moments? If the Orioles gave someone $300 million, I people would be like, said Oh my
2: that, God. Um, they, people were saying that Chris Bryant to the Rockies tonight, Seven years, 182. They said that shocked, like, the baseball world. Carlos Correa to the Orioles would break, like. It would I just break just baseball him, like, Twitter. The, the movie Hercules, when, like, the earth just cracks in half. Like, it's, it would, it, it would go, I would pass out. I think I'd pass out. Put that on record. I will black out.
0: <laughs> uh, have you put anything on the table of what you would do if he basically uh, you he there... signed? Have you made any promises that you're not going to be not willing to keep?
2: There are some old tweets from November.
0: Just Probably like Harbor. Those. Probably some involving a Harbor.
2: Bobby Trossett, of course, dug that one up. So thanks, Bob. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, well, Love that's, a,
0: that's, a, that's a, why he's a friend of the show right there. Yeah,
2: he, he again, he's a big Jay journo. He'll do his digging. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll do a lot of things if he comes here. So, there,
0: there you have it. That's on the record. That's cool. on the record. We'll do a lot of things. Yeah, cool. We'll do a lot of things. Wednesday, March 16th at whatever, 1030. Um, all right. Let's talk tournament. Let's do this thing. So our, our starting five podcast is going to be March madness themed here. We're going to have, you know, one team from tournament history, one host site, one play-by-play announcer, one color announcer to build a broadcast team and one buzzer beater, a game winning shot. doesn't have to be a three-year old buzzer beater, but a game winning shot. We will get to that in a second, but let's let's read the bracket to banks. Okay, I'm going to start in the West Regional, and you can just give me whatever you think. If you say nothing, I will just continue to the next game. You have not, he has not seen the bracket. I want you to make a pick of every game,
2: but I want you okay. at least make a pick.
1: But you can say what you want, but just I have think to you make just go
2: off the top of your head and just yeah, spit I'm just out the word, yep, yep, whatever, yep, It'll be a
1: pick, right. and I might give a take with it, I might
2: not, who knows? Do you want me to give you the seeds?
1: I almost want you to like randomize which game you give me from the regions. And then I like just take a crack of what seeds they are. Cause I, I, ha- I don't have all that much context, even as to like, who's really having a good year. Who's not like, I was surprised to hear that Notre Dame was in the play in game. I thought they were horrible this year. Um Whereas I knew I'd heard a lot about Rutgers basketball this year. I was surprised to hear that they're only in the play game.
0: But potentially, uh, yeah, historically,
1: they, that's a great season for them. So Yeah, they had a
0: bizarre resume in which they had horrible losses, but also amazing wins, and that's what put them in the first four. Uh, okay, here we go. We'll start in the West. I'm going to do region by region because I would randomize the whole bracket, but I'll forget which games I've gone over.
1: Yeah, do the region by region. Arkansas versus Vermont. This is a 314 game.
0: Vanilla. Uh, well, you got this. You, yeah, sort of. It's a 4-13. Four place 13. Then I got it wrong. Yeah, but you said 313, but that you know you oh, just. Oh, did I the I meant I meant 314.
1: Yeah. Like Vermont in my head yeah. is a perennial 14 seed when they make the tournament. That's just where so they were.
0: A seed off wrong. So yeah, Arkansas four seed, Vermont 13. Moss. Boise State, Memphis.
1: Oh God, <laughs> Boise State in the tournament. Uh, yeah, first time. In a, first time in a bit, I believe. That's a six eleven.
0: Memphis is the eight six. nine, eight nine. Okay. Boise State's the eight. A lot of respect for the Mountain West this year, which some of us call the Mountain Best. Shout out to Utah State, um, Memphis. I'll take the nine. I'll
1: take. I'll take. Uh, I'll
0: take. Boise State. Boise. Michigan State. Davidson.
1: This is this is the three fourteen.
0: Not even close. Seven ten. Michigan State decided.
1: Oh, Davidson's the ten. That's you got to February March. No January February. Is you know. <laughs> April? Is <Israel.
0: laughs>
1: Davidson lost in the A ten final.
0: They were the number one seed in the tournament. Michigan State beat the Terps in the Big Ten quarterfinals in a but wild basketball game. Um, yeah, lost in the quarters to purdue or uh, yeah purdue he got i mean
1: oh i took his yeah. yeah um duke and cal state fullerton it's, it's it's duke but god would i mean i know everybody's thinking it just cal state fullerton would be an all-time legend if they pulled it off this is a 215 game. what's 215 correct um
0: alabama versus the winner of rutgers Notre dame which gives you a little bit of indication 512 to 611 but yeah
1: 611 uh who was wait who was the the, the better seed
0: B- bama bama versus the two bama yeah,
1: bama sec is strong this year i know that much
0: texas tech montana state we're getting to the point where you're just going to get texas to tech okay that's the one that's the three Three. you you we got two more games left yukon new mexico state
1: this is the 512
0: correct you take marty I'm gonna, Shumas, take I'm gonna
1: take the five i'm gonna take the
0: gone. and then i'm gonna always i'm just gonna yeah and then gonzaga georgia state's the 116 gonzaga okay do you guys have the zags to win the whole thing
2: this may be my most chalk brackets i've ever done like everyone wow. i look up and i have one and two like I'm like this is yeah like I'm gonna get weird and put a three seed in the final four and I, I hate it everything I have is chalk. All right, let's move to the East. UCLA Akron.
1: UCLA UCLA is the four seed. Correct. Hmm. UCLA.
0: Murray we State go. San Murray State San Francisco.
1: Murray State as the seven seed got it oof
0: texas virginia tech
1: i'm taking i'm taking texas btech went on a a great acc tournament run they're going to have the letdown but texas is the texas is the
0: I'm going to time you out six, six seed. Yep. Kentucky, St. Peter's Kentucky's the two when they're
1: going to win. Yep. St. Mary's, Indiana. Indiana snuck in. I think There, St. Mary's is the, is the five. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take Indiana in that.
0: There it is. I had the pleasure, by the way, at the Big Ten tournament of waving goodbye to John, Jawan Howard, John Howard, Juan Howard, as he lost in the Big Ten tournament. It was a really a tremendous,
1: that's tremendous. Uh, North,
0: yeah, time. it was awesome. North Carolina Marquette,
1: two games. we have left three games. This is a two seed. I mean, I forget which seeds. Kentucky's the two in this region, aren't they? Yeah, North Carolina
2: Marquette, you're eight nine. That that may be my favorite game of the first round. I really think that's going to be awesome. It's a really really it's fun a great game. jersey yeah. matchup. It's yeah, got well, two Jordan schools. I'm,
1: I'm going with with Marquette in that game. The fighting. Go Marcel up. and
0: yeah,
1: yeah Baylor. Norfolk State is the one
0: sixteen, and Purdue Yale. Do you have Yale beating Purdue as the fourteen? I don't. Game? I do
1: not. They're not going to have moved,
0: the size for that. We we moved to the south. I'm just going to get through the one seed. Arizona is going to beat Wright State. Houston UAB. Houston. That's the five twelve, Illinois Chattanooga, Illinois. A lot of three. chalk here. That's the that's three the, the four thirteen, um, Tennessee and Longwood.
3: Hmm.
0: Say Tennessee. Fine. That's the three. Yeah, that's the three fourteen. I went right to that. Um, Villanova, Delaware.
1: Villanova. Nice little regional matchups here.
0: Yeah, that's the 215. Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago is also a tremendous game in the first round. Sister Jean. in case
1: you
0: I know, know, I know, <laughs> just in case anyone hasn't heard that. No, no,
1: no, no. no. Ohio State, okay,
0: this 710. Uh, Colorado State versus Jawan, literally,
1: <laughs> the
0: fighting, the
2: fighting let's go, Juwan. let's
0: go, Colorado State. Yep, and uh, Seton Hall, TCU.
1: Uh, TCU, when we hire Willard within an hour, of the game ending.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a very classic eight, nine type of matchup TCU and Seton Hall. Seton Hall is such an eight,
1: nine
0: team. Yeah. It's such an eight, nine team. Um, <laughs> okay. Final region. We'll get this over with USC, Miami.
1: USC. <laughs>
0: Speaking of, um, speculated on Maryland coaching candidates, mm-hmm. um, USC's the seven, Miami's the 10. LSU, Ohio. Uh, ah, LSU, Iowa State.
1: I can't talk. LSU. With, once again, wow, going into coach. Yep,
0: yeah, like two years ago when they beat Maryland. Wisconsin and Colgate. Wisconsin. That's the three, four. Yeah, you have to take Wisconsin. Um, Providence and South Dakota State. Providence. Ed Cooley. Iowa, Richmond. Hey. Richmond. Oh. oh, the five twelve. Fran McCaffrey yeah. looks angry as he walks off the that. court. I love and, that. I love that. And San Diego State Creighton. Creighton, that's a shot in the
1: dark. I, that's, that's, an eight, that's, a a very, that's an. That's eight eight a very. That's a very
0: eight nine game as well. <laughs> um, and then it's Kansas versus. Um, I can't remember when the first four game yesterday. I think it's Texas Southern and Auburn plays Jacksonville State at two fifteen. So yeah. there's your games. There's your games. In the. Uh, the tournament on the second round i think it's going to be really interesting to see how many upsets there are a lot of these so many of these teams are old like high major and uh mid-major teams because of the COVID year so you have and grad transfers and all those you have all these real teams um so gonna be interesting arizona by the way if you're gonna watch two teams in this tournament from a fun perspective at least based on i watch i'm not saying i'm the biggest college basketball guy arizona is so fun to watch and the zags are always fun to watch uh, but Arizona, whew, I hope, kind of hope they win the whole thing. All right, let's get this draft underway. So five draft, March Madness things. We're drafting announcers, play-by-play and color. We're drafting a host site, a former host site, because I always enjoy – they now have kind of killed this with all the same courts, but it used to be fun to, like, see the random court um, at the venue. Um, your favorite team from March Madness history, do we want to ban 2002 Maryland? Yeah, yeah, let's and uh, we've talked about them enough, and uh, at least I certainly have. And um, a game-winning shot or a famous shot. Uh, Banks, you have the first pick. RDT, you have the second pick. Uh, I have the third pick. Twenty percent off. Use the promo code. (sighs) Get your sunglasses. Here comes summer, baby. It's like seventy-five. It was
1: like seventy-five that I put. They're doing a BOGO sale right now. Buy one, Mm -hmm. get one. Oh, bang, There it is. Yeah, Perfect. we won't even get credit necessarily for getting our code used, but fuck it.
0: Yeah, buyers. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just want people to buy Fed Thrill. This sun is the time to do it. This
1: is the time to pounce.
0: Yeah. All right, banks starts off.
1: And I, I don't want first overall, but. Um, yeah, this, the the draft where it's all
0: a bunch of different categories is a tough. It's tough to be. You kind of want to yeah. let the draft settle in front of you a bit.
1: Yeah. I'm going to take Drew Nicholas. I'm going to take my buzzer beater off the board first. I want mm. it. I need it. Um, okay. Got to have it. Shot you practice in your driveway over and over. That's the one, Drew Nicholas. Um, if I can't have O2 Brown, I'm going to do the next best thing. <laughs> and I'm taking Drew Nicholas.
2: Taylor, okay. I re-listened I re- to your um, You're Here the Turtle with Gary a couple weeks ago. Or like that clip that you guys had put out when you asked him why he was so mad after he made this sh- after drew made the shot do you remember what he said cuz you were like you looked upset and he yeah, was he like, was mad at the, he
0: was mad at the official because, because the, the official o- that was on that game was on the Indiana Maryland game they had at Conseco Fieldhouse where i just was now gamebridge fieldhouse and like screwed them at the end of the game so he was screaming like Call that one not good or whatever it was. Yep. I can't remember the exact phrase. You,
2: but, yeah, he had said something how he's like, I knew Drew got it off with like at least a second left. And he was like, but I didn't trust this guy at all. Like he's like, yeah, I didn't Steve have. Yeah, Steve Blake had made a buzzer
0: beat, had made a buzzer beater, yeah. half court shot, AC Big Ten challenge. That game was a big deal. It and was. And up being bad. It was, a,
1: it was a championship rematch.
0: Yep.
2: Yep. RDT. Right. Dave. Um, I'm going, I'm sticking with the buzzer beater. I I kind of figured, um, Drew Nicholas would go first. Um, I'm going to Jalen Suggs buzzer beater from last year. Wow. that That was unbelievable. That was just because of like the reaction on Twitter was unbelievable. And like, I just remember seeing there was nothing else on the timeline except for Jalen Suggs jumping up on the table. They're going to the championship like it was that was such a great that's one of the better college basketball games i mean i don't know in the last yeah 20 or 30 years it was like back and forth the entire time you had ucla who was an 11 seed playing they played in the um the first four game you know a couple of days or a couple of weeks earlier um and then again you have like the powerhouse gonzaga who who you know was trying to get to the championship and i i mean everything about that shot was just so awesome it was like i just remember it was one of those like all right they're going to go to or they were already in overtime But it was like, oh, this is this is how the game is going to come down to end it. And you don't you never expected to go in. And when it went in, it was just like, holy shit, what did I watch? Like watching it live was awesome. Getting on Twitter and everybody just blowing up about it was awesome. It was it was that that was that was one of my favorite memories in the last couple of years. that That obviously has nothing to do with Maryland.
1: I can't really remember any sports games as a whole that I can remember, like while the game was going on, you felt like you're watching, like just such a good game. Like, Mm -hmm. like in the moment you felt it. And it wasn't, you know, there's great games where it's like, Oh, we're going a single overtime, double overtime, triple time. It's like, wow, this game's crazy. Like that was like 10 minutes left in the second half. You're like, this game is nuts. It's unbelievable. It's so tight. These teams are battling so hard. Great basketball, like such a good game, and of course you could just like feel that it was going to come down to something mm-hmm. huge, and it did.
2: A big shot like that, like I want to say the one of the th- like one of the games that it reminds me of was Bills Chiefs, but that only really ramped up the last two or three minutes. Yeah, you know this year, but yeah, I, I, know, I know what you're saying. Where you're like, it's like a tidal wave where you're like, this is going to be. I can see it coming, and this is going to be awesome for the next thirty minutes, twenty five minutes, or whatever.
0: It's kind of incredible. It 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 definitely took it out of them. Before the final. I mean, Baylor just ran through them in the final.
2: Yeah,
0: The amazing part about the Baylor championship, and this is no like disrespect to Baylor as a school or anything, but Baylor is just, they're Baylor. It's like, you don't look back and think about, oh, Baylor, great. First time champion. I completely
1: forgot that they were
2: even champs. They won.
0: (laughs) The only thing that you'll think about from the COVID NCAA tournament is the Jalen Zuck shot. I mean, that's the moment.
2: Listening to part of my take today, and I think Mark Titus said, like, yeah, and Baylor defending champs. I literally went, what? And I was like, there's no way. And then I was like, holy shit, you're right. Like gun to my head before I heard that podcast, I don't think I I would have said Gonzaga won. I was like, I I would have said something. Could have not, could not have told you that Baylor won it. It's just, I, I don't believe it. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It took, like, I just remember how bad that game was, and you was like, oh, all right. Well, at least last game was sick. This is a tough pick here,
0: because now I have to set wherever we go next, and. I really feel like I have pretty good depth at a, at a couple. And I don't know if I have good depth on this one beyond um, because I can't take 2002 Maryland. So I'm going to take my team and I'm going to take 2006 George Mason, because that was like the first, first of all, local team had local guys that, that run they had in DC beating that UConn team with all those NBA guys was really incredible and was like the first mid-mate, like mid mid major like team that went to the final four and it was like such a moment when they won the guys like standing on the scores table at, at Verizon Center might have still been MCI Center at the point looking at you know the fans the whole thing was just unbelievable and then I ended up you know at that point like George Mason here's the absolute nerd alert for me. I was speech and debate and they were like one of the best speech and debate schools. And like, you went to George Mason in that like four year period after when I was in high school and I would go to summer camp there for that. And people, that was just their thing. Like that final four was like their thing as a school. Like that was the George Mason, like claim to fame. And that was like preceding some of the like, I'll put, I mean, you guys probably have this list, like the Butler teams and things like that BCU, all those. Um, but they, uh, they, they were like the first in that run of, of teams that, where you were like, oh man, like kind of anybody can make the final four theoretically. So I'll take them. I, I really enjoyed that run. I had another one on my board that I almost took. Another similar mid-major, but I'll take I'll take two other six George Mason. And then with my next pick, um oh, this is so hard. Not gonna go buzzer beater. Oh, I'm so torn on what I want to do announcer wise here. I'm gonna go Bill Raftery. I'm gonna get the analyst out of the way here. I think I had a little more depth in the play by play. I mean, I don't think there's anyone like epitomizes college basketball analyst in the tournament, quite like Raff. And now he's got the big chair with uh with Nance and uh and Grant Hill, who are a very good trio. So I'm taking Raftery. The energy's electric, the freaking, the catchphrases, all the all the energy he brings. He just he he's sort of post vital, vitel, but a little more tolerable at times. So I'm taking
2: Raf. Good Hard one. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I've only won a bracket one time. <laughs> like, com- like come in first, give me all the money. We're we we're, we're rolling big tonight. I've only won it once, and it was maybe with the easiest team of all time, the the 2011-2012 uh, Kentucky Wildcats. They oh, were just wow. like What six. a front runner pick. They were again. I've only won one bracket ever, so like I have a very fond memory of. I just remember being that like, team was very good. They were so good. And it was like very clear. I think they finished 38 and two. It was like, they are by far the best team in, in, in college basketball. Like no one, Kansas was good that year, but it's like, no one else was really close. Um, that was the Anthony Davis and like Michael kid, Gilchrist and, um, Brandon, no Kyle Wilcher. Who else did they have? Terrence Jones. Like I'm looking at the roster now. Like they, they had a lot of good players. And again, I just remember being like, like, I think going into like the, the final four, they were like, oh, if Kentucky makes it to the championship, you win. So I was basically, I was like, oh, I, this is this is done. So it was a very enjoyable, uh, f- you know, final four championship game for me to watch. And I did, I love that Kansas team because I really liked Thomas Robinson. Like his whole story when he was in college and he was a low yeah. DC guy, I thought he was a very likable player. NBA um, bust. Really wanted the Wizards to draft him. Really wanted it. And thank God they, well, then it wouldn't have fucking mattered if they drafted him or not. That wouldn't have changed anything. But uh, that, that team, again, I just, I have a fond memory there. They're my, the Alan Lazard for this fantasy year is, is uh, one of my, he's a, he's a basically a 2012 Kentucky wildcats because they helped me win. So we'll go them again, just because we can't take. Um, two thousand two. <laughs> Thanks. You have two.
1: I love that pick because it just lets me take my team at the end. So phenomenal pick. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Gus. Scotty Gus, an easy pick. He's not technically on the team or whatever right now, but all time he's just the guy. I mean, what a masterpiece with uh, the uh, Adam Morrison uh, Batista with the catch. I mean, Batista with on. the catch. Batista with the catch. It's such a good. I mean, the March Madness Gus Johnson soundboard. I don't think it exists anymore, but it was. It one doesn't. They got favorite, taken down. Like old school internet creations is just to pop that Johnny on, on Thursday morning of March Madness, you know, play the theme song, and then start, just start clicking buttons all over the place and just hearing all the Gus Johnson quotes, uh, man, Gus Johnson's the pick. And I the other thing, I had to take him because there's just no way I can let Taylor take Gus and Raftery. Like it's just a lethal duo. It just can't happen. Um, so, and then I'm going to take my analyst, and it's Charles Barkley. He just shows up and does college hoops. I, who's, I don't know that he does any research whatsoever for most of the season, but he just shows up. And I think he just watches it, like 15 Auburn games. yucks, yucks it up and does a Capital One commercial with Sam Samuel Jackson, in Indianapolis. So it's Charles Barkley has somehow ingrained himself in the last decade in March Madness culture, and it, I love it. Uh, the
0: Barkley in the tournament is so good because he makes what I, I like CBS's coverage of college basketball from an analyst's play-by-play. Play. Their studio show has become very like not that Seth Davis and Clark Kellogg and Greg Gumbel all seem like very nice guys. There's not a lot of pizzazz in that selection show. And then they just roll that Turner crew in there with Chuck and Kenny and all those
2: guys. And it is just
0: sensational.
2: It is just so good. And it's just because Barkley is like very openly, like, I don't know anything. I didn't yeah, know. He's about like, this I'm just guy. Just like, I'm just watching these games and mm-hmm. it doesn't
0: really like people get all upset. Like college basketball. People are like, Oh my yeah, God, how be professional.
2: could you do your How research. could you
0: trot these guys out here? They don't watch college. Like this is an entertainment product. March Madness is an entertainment product. Like, if you know everything, you don't need Charles Barkley. But for the seventy-five percent of America, they just want to watch these games. Like they're they're also coming in for the first time. So They don't care. If Charles Barkley. The Madness.
1: Know. It's literally called March Madness. Yeah, yeah. It's he, like, I think
0: he, I think he pronounced Daryl Morelle's name wrong last year. Eric Ayala <laughs> one of them. Charles on the studio show. He's like looking. He's like, ah, oh, Eric Daryl Morelle or whatever. I don't know. But I don't care. Like, let Chuck do what he wants to do. That's that's why he's great. That's, that's part of yeah, the time. Yeah,
1: I think. um, College basketball and and NBA are two very different buckets. It's almost like a divisive culture. Like people are really into one and the other. You could say the same about college football and the NFL, but it it bridges the gap. It, it you know there's so many people who love the NBA and are into it, and they they see Charles on on TNT and they're used to seeing them, and and it just kind of bridges the gaps and overlaps those two worlds a little bit, and it makes it just it just makes it better. So.
2: Was that, that was your second one
1: that, yeah, that was my second. That was the first pick of the
2: third round. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take iron Eagle. Mm, The bird. I I really like iron Eagle. I think he's, I don't know if he's underrated because a grown man slam. He's just, his voice is so silky smooth. And again, it's like, He's great. He's great on basketball. He's great on football. I mean, he he really does it all. And I I do like that he's he's gotten a lot more shine the last couple of years. Like people, not that he was getting disrespected or like not talked about before, but like now he's up there and mentioned with like the big guys. So I I really so, like him. He keeps it calm. He keeps it you know he doesn't go overboard. Um, he's just he just he does shows up and he does his job. Can't ask for more. So much. My, so my
1: thing with Iron Eagle is that when when I was getting old enough and being at that impressionable age where you start like really remembering things and committing them to memory, growing up in Montgomery County, Ravens games were not always on television. They, they, they were only on CBS. If they were, they're playing, you know, a decent game against like a Steelers or something, whatever, you could lock in four games a year when they played the Bengals and the Browns that they were for sure, not going to be on, on CBS in Montgomery County, and I'd have to either go to like my neighbor's house who had direct TV or go somewhere else and watch. And at the time, Iron Eagle was like the bottom of the rung CBS assignment. He was pretty young at the time. And I just, Iron Eagle equals like disrespect CBS. Like, this is a shit game because we got Iron Eagle on the mic. And of course, he's grown into this beloved, like yeah. Now, now he's like of, the secondary kind of the NFL, like he's he's the guy in waiting. It seems for CBS to be their guy. So um, I have this like impression of him that I've I've shaken for the most part, but it's still just kind of there, like Iron Eagle. Pronounce your name normal, you weirdo. Like <laughs> the I'm I just yeah. like rag Ryan on is... him all the
2: time, like so. I, I, oh. His son, and then he has a son next in waiting too. Which- His
0: son is so good on Nickelodeon. the Nickelodeon broadcast. Yeah. So tremendously good. Okay, um, I got two here. Um, this went well. I I, I was, I didn't think Gus would get back around to me. Probably would have been my pick had he did. Eagle, Iron Eagle was in contention if I didn't get this guy. Um, so this has kind of made this easy for me. I'm taking Vern. I'm getting Vern and, mm-hmm. and and Raph back together, baby. I'm taking big Vern. Uncle Vern. I love Vern. They have some great calls together. Vern is just a big moment guy. Gus is – I agree with you. Gus is sort of the voice of some of this March Madness movement. But Vern to me, like you go look at some old March Madness club, like some regional finals, and Vern's on there. He's like, oh, Vern. I freaking love Vern. There are certain broadcasts I wish you could just put in like a some chamber that they could just exist for like hundreds of years. Vern would be Ugh. one of those guys. I want. I would want Vern around forever. Um, so he's obviously not on there anymore, but, um, I'm taking Vern and those are all gone. So my other guy in contention would have been, um,
2: Kevin Man. Harlan.
1: Man, and that's is
2: good, but probably yeah. Kevin Harlan.
1: Kevin Harlan should have been taken ahead of Iron eagle. Just like yeah my I, I, yes. I
2: thought about it, but I think I took Harlan during the, um, our announcer draft.
1: Mm. And then
0: really like for him. my regional site, or not my regional site, my just host site in general, this could have gone a thousand different ways. Um, and I'm so interested to see what you guys pick. <laughs> but I, but I, But I am taking formerly known as Taco Bell Arena. I'm taking the orange and blue court from Boise, Idaho. <laughs> and the name Taco Bell Arena. Boise, a very random location, but I always enjoyed the Boise floor. I always enjoyed that the name was Taco Bell Arena. And just- having to send like East coast teams all the way out to Boise. There's a couple of West coast sites. You're like, ah, oh, that stinks for the East coast team. It's like, here we are sending NC state out to Boise. Cause they're like a seven seed and they, they, have no regional protection there. So I'm taking Boise. I've always enjoyed Boise. Turfs have played out there before. Um, so
2: I'm taking Boise. I love that court. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, I will go. I got my last two. Correct. You've got one, and then it's Banks's last junior one. I'll go. Let me. I'm just gonna go anytime it's in DC, like MCI Center, Verizon Center, whatever you want to call it, um, because like Duke was there. What was that? Three years ago, the Zion. No, two years ago, the Zion team. I think they were in. They were in DC, and I just remember like all the 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 text being like when Duke was there in the Zion. Dude, so we got honored. So at the NCAA tournament, I have to cut you off here. At the NCAA
0: tournament, they um, honor national champions from all the sports, division one, division two, division three, and they get the opportunity to like go to one of the regional games or elite eight games or whatever. So for, and it's like depends on where you are regional wise. So our men's soccer team got honored at the, first and second round the second round night when duke i think played usf right or was that somebody yeah and our guys were saying it was an absolute electric factory in there like it was one of like the hypest things i've ever been to um so yeah so that's a good uh, dc gets up for the NCAA tournament
2: they do and like like you said they had the george mason that scene in in 06 was unbelievable because again basically hometown game for them um and then i just remember like when when Duke got announced there, and that was Zion, and I think Taco Fall played them in the game that I think went to overtime. Um, I just remember again being like, this atmosphere looks awesome, everything about it looks awesome. And there's always like that group of friends that's like, oh, we should go down to the games, and then you look up ticket, like, oh, we should all take off work, we're gonna go down to the games all day, and then you look up ticket prices, and you're like, oh, because Duke's playing, it's it's like three hundred and fifty dollars a ticket or something like that, and you're like, ah, never mind, we're not gonna do that. Um, but again, I, I used to like like the classic court they had. They made it very easy. Um, I'm just close to home, so I always I always like those games in DC. Um, so I'll do that. And then my co- I where, are we doing an, an like analyst or color ant like color guy? Yeah,
0: just analysts. So you can just go in the studio. You can be on the, on the.
1: Are you doing a wraparound in the middle of the round? Oh,
2: yep. Yeah, never mind. I thought I had back to back. Never mind. You got <laughs> Not that it matters. I guess you could. Like, you could I, was just, I was just, just clarifying for the, the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what's, Thanks, you have two to are, finish it off
2: for your, for your draft. Two
1: to finish it off. Host site. Um. So when I'm thinking about host site, I, I just have all these – like there was a time when they didn't have all the courts look the same with the same logo and everything, and I love that. I love thinking about these old games in the early OOS, and, of course, before that where you get That's these, where I get the like, Boise from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these – these remote colleges that you don't really hear much from, but you just like see their court and you just have like commit. So I'm thinking like Cleveland state and UAB and San Diego or uh, San Jose state, San Diego I state a, too,
2: though. I remember that. Yeah. Report.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Dayton though. Cause Dayton mm-hmm. is just annually games are there. You get those first tastes of March madness um, I know it was more of a site before they had the first four and everything. Um, but it, it, it's just, when you think of Dayton and you just, you just think of first week of March Madness, when you yep. think of the Dayton flyers and everything, it's just so connotation is so strong there. And so, um, I mean, I don't know what else I'd do in Dayton, Ohio. I would just <laughs> think about college the,
0: They are the city that has hosted the most NCAA tournament game sites. Thing. it's like what a, and now that's such a
1: tremendous uh, identity to have
0: in terms of first and second rounds which is crazy because now they don't get first and second rounds because they have the first four so right. they now don't get those so it's interesting that they've they've still they're at 13 um and they've hosted the most so uh, uh, that, that was gonna that was gonna be uh, my pick uh, uh, if i didn't go DC.
1: mention greensboro
0: because yeah fuck f- fucking greensboro fuck, fuck greensboro em. fucking that's ACC. why
2: big um, tension, you talk. I mean that—that's the court that I see. Indianapolis. I I will see those colors, that purple and teal, like tealish, I guess, greenish, yeah. whatever yep, it is. Yep, yep. Yep. I'll see those on my deathbed and be like, because it was the same court Greensboro. for the mm-hmm. ACC tournament and the NCAA
0: tournament back when they didn't change the court. Yep. Um. That I think is the pit in New Mexico, which you were just like, oh my god, that's sick. It's called the pit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben, show one more. You have to take a what analyst, right? Uh, team, I believe. Uh, I took Charles yeah. Barkley. That's
1: right. I'm thinking Dunk City. That was my other Dunk one City. consideration.
0: iteration. Yep. Yeah,
1: Dunk City. Uh only went to the Sweet 16. They felt like a team that went deeper, but just the way it's that cu- they it's because they beat Georgetown. That's why yeah, they beat Georgetown. Georgetown was so fun. A, just a punching bag in these types of things. Um man, I this I was at, in Panama City Beach in spring break and uh you would catch glimpses and if things were going on in games you would commit to like okay let's pop it on on the tv or or catch it or whatever but otherwise you're just doing spring break stuff so when dunk city came on like and they were just throwing down yams and they were they were up in the second half of their first game it was like all right let's let's get this going let's watch some of that and then they just set the world on fire so much that their their second game became like appointment television And usually when a team, like, performs the way they did in that first game, it's, like, tremendous letdown in that second game. Or they might come out hot to start the first game, and then they just completely fizzle out. They just run out of steam. They just laid it on the entire time. Like, just – you don't get a name like Dunk City unless you're throwing down hellacious yams. Big, hellacious yams. And uh, Dunk City was just – it was such a – it was such like a Jeremy Lin type like just mania there for for a week. I
2: loved it. You want to know? You want to know the best part about that that game? I I'm pretty sure that game was one of the last games on. I think whatever night, Thursday or Friday, it was one of the later ones. So it was like nine o'clock, eight o'clock, something like that, like later in the night. And it because it, it was like I just remember being at home in it, it was dark out watching. It was it. a it was, like thank God it wasn't at, like,
1: game and a seven ten game.
2: Okay. So yeah, it was just, it, it was but their, like, their
1: sweet 16 game was a ten thirty eight game though.
2: So it, like, I just remember thinking like, thank God this wasn't at 12 33 or something like that in the middle of the afternoon. Like, I feel like it just hit different because yeah. it was a night game. And yeah, like I just, it, that, that was Jeremy Lin where it was like texting all your friends being like, holy shit, this is, this is crazy. Like, like, he's he doing it this, again. Like, They're
1: doing it again. Yep. Like,
2: and it wasn't even like, they were like a small school. Like, Oh yeah. I know someone who goes there. I was like, I've never heard of this school in my life. Yeah. And then I just remember like it going viral, like, well, here's your Chris campus Sale. and the beach and here's the you know the Yeah, the, drove by it
1: a couple months ago. It's
2: it's out it like, there. Oh, Chris Sale went there and you know all that stuff. So yeah, they were they were a very enjoyable, enjoyable uh team to watch. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. Really fun.
0: Uh, RDT, finish it out. You gotta um, take an analyst.
2: I'll go Clark Kellogg. I like,
0: Oh my God, that pick
2: stinks. Clark Kellogg is that That's So you lose the draft. I don't know who's winning the draft, (laughs) but you don't win. Want to know why I like him? Because do you remember the year that it may have been that I may have been on selection Sunday when his, I forget what team his son played for. And they won their conference tournament and they showed him like, Oh, this is five minutes ago when the game was wrapping up. And like when he realized that they were going to the NCAA tournament, he started like crying and like bawling his eyes out because he got to watch his son's team, you know, clinch a berth. And they went to the fight, they went to the big dance. And I thought that was really cool. I, I like that a lot. So that one stuck with me.
1: You you, you just turned that try to turn that on us or something. Yeah, the no, first
0: part is I, I hated that sounds super yeah. like, because Clark, you know, Clark Kellogg and- seems like a super nice guy. Like, Everything I've heard of people that have like worked with him from our side of the fence here in colleges have said he's like a super nice guy and heard of, I was over here and talked to Eric Allen at Purdue. is like, but like he's just kind of blah as an analyst.
1: For me. Uh, yeah, he doesn't bring him much. Does it? Much. Does it? Yeah. You're, you're, and he knows his stuff. I'm Eagle Clark Kellogg. Yeah, uh, there is just not not bringing the
2: heat. I yeah, on a I'd rather listen to them. Though. They get yelled at by Gus Johnson for two hours.
0: Woo! Not a tournament though, not in the tournament. It's
2: March of Madness. I
0: mean, um, to finish it out, there's a thousand candidates for this, but I did just see this. I think Jeff D. Lowe put this on Twitter the other day. I'm taking the Northwestern Jermaine Wallace step back from the corner for Northwestern State over Iowa. And it has my guy, it has I take it also because it's synergy. It had Vern and uh Raph on the call. Awesome shot, just an insane shot for just a random team. And I just like how Vern doesn't even finish the name and the call he just goes Northwestern wins, like just as the name of another school. Cause he just like enraptured. There's a lot of picks I could have taken here, but that's some, for some reason has always stood out to me as like a game winning shot in the tournament. So I'm going to take that. I'm going to take Northwestern state. Um, almost took Chris Jenkins for the title, but you know, we have a North Carolina guy that sponsors the show. Um, so I'm going to take Northwestern state to finish it out. Okay. Um, I should have banned Drew Nicholas too because that was the clear buzzer beater pick. Once I did ban it, Drew Nicholas, um, Banks, Drew Nicholas, Gus Johnson, Charles Barkley, Dayton, and Dunk City. Uh, RDT takes Jalen Suggs, 2012 Kentucky. I this draft kind of fell off a cliff for you. Iron Eagle, um, <laughs> Washington DC, which is a sneaky good pick, but and oh, uh, I Clark, think that pick was not great either. Clark Kellogg, glad. I can't say it's bad because I, I got took no cachet. I took, that's true. I took 2006 George Mason, which is the best moment in the history of Washington, D.C. Regional site hosting. 2006 George Mason, Bill Raftery, Vern Lundquist, um, Boise, and uh, the Northwestern State buzzer beater. Um, Don't have to do too much on the honorable mentions here. In terms of announcers, Uh, it was really only Nance.
1: Jim Mm -hmm. Nance. Oof. Not even mentioned.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My three were Nance, Vern, and Iron Eagle. I didn't think um, to put Verno, on. I should have. There's buzzer, a thousand buzzer, buzzer beaters. beaters. a great pick. Buzzer beater, I was going to say. I had Northern Iowa versus Texas. I forget what yeah. you know that was Bryce, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just because that was I another one where.
0: One that- I'm Bryce like, Drew's oh, the one. Tyus Edney. I mean, there's a lot of ones that are just Lorenzo, like. Uh, Lorenzo Charles. Call Mike Miller. Beater. Rip Hamilton. Shit. Hamilton. The one to win the
1: entire thing. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, yeah that was Chris my Jenkins.
0: secondary Chris Jenkins. And then there's just, just like. One that Gus the, – the TJ Sorrentine from the parking lot for Vermont against Syracuse, that's I a know. Gus Johnson moment right there.
1: 14 seed, I'm pretty sure. Was that 05?
0: Yeah. Ooh, it sounds right. It sounds ah! post. It's post-national title. I think Akeem Work and Jerry McNamara were still playing for
2: Syracuse. I, I just I, – I want to – I think it was 04, 05. I just remember I think we left school early. Like, I was a sophomore, and I think I left with a bunch of like the seniors, and they were like, We'll go to this kid's house to watch the games. And we like dipped out early and went.
0: By the way, the March Madness thing that is sad, maybe not sad, but that, you know, this is going to be such a kids these days moment for me at 30 years old. But, <laughs> but, um, everyone just knows what it's like now to watch all the games. It was so interesting. One of my favorite things to do when I was a kid. This is, and it sounds sad. Is I would like find the regional site maps, like the how they broke up the country in terms of where CBS was going to send you. And that was like a huge deal. Like I was like, Oh, what am I getting at noon? What am I getting around two? What am I getting? Like, what are they game? Are they not gonna let me watch while I have the local news on? So I can't watch like the late game in the West Coast site. Like the the second game played in Portland is the played at like 5:45 East Coast time. So you couldn't see it. So you had to wait till seven to get you know whatever game was in. I don't know, Pittsburgh or whatever it is. Freaking loved that. It was horrible because why would they not like, and then it was like, then they introduced um, whatever it was, March Madness All Access or whatever that service was. That, I don't know if you guys remember using that, but they had like the um, the boss cam. So you could like click the yeah. boss button yeah. and it would like, spreadsheet braids up a spreadsheet. Incred- I mean, that does not get enough credit for innovation. <laughs> um, and they like, I tr- would try to watch it in high school and the stream was always so bad on my laptop. And then now it's, I mean, now it's, so easy to watch every single game, which is great, obviously. But uh, there was just something to something to the competition of watching
1: the tournament. Oh, I may. Oh, give me a second here. I hope this doesn't let me down. It's downloading, downloading. Wow, this suspense is killing me here. Josh, the Gus Johnson soundboard lives on. Oh wow! Oh, that's can you send me that? It's like through a, uh, it's like a video game emulator.
2: I was gonna say it's probably an emulator because that's the only way to do like the old ones. That's oh, what's this definitive. is so
1: good! <laughs> oh, Gus Johnson gets buckets.com from the archive.
2: Oh, Gus Johnson
1: popping in the com. chat. Oh, mixed in some of his Knicks
0: calls too. I think it's, I think it might have a couple football calls in there too, but I can't remember.
1: Oh yeah, They're running from the cop speed.
0: Johnson, baby, <laughs> let me tell you what that would have gone over well in 2022. Yeah, <laughs> Heartbreak City, <laughs> Gus Johnson gets buckets.com. If oh my god, uh, <laughs> okay, well, I, I can see and do this for a while. This is going to be bad rated because no one can hear it on the other side. Uh, good draft, guys. Good draft. Sh- uh, Marsh Madness is the best. It's so good. Tomorrow's going to be great. Today, yeah. when you're listening to this. Yeah, it's a shame the Terps running. It's so much fun with the Terps right? Um, Fought hard against Michigan State, though, last week in the Big Ten quarterfinals. The last five minutes, four minutes
2: of that game was unbelievable. It was, was crazy. So much fun. It
0: was crazy. There was, like, a time. I mean, let's. I'll be honest. There was a time with, like, with the ten minutes left, I was like, well, season's over. You know, you're thinking about, like, when we're flying home. And then, like, you know, Dante's got to the dunk, got it, and then it, that was wild. God, those guys played their hearts out. Credit to those guys. You and that brings some, me to, uh, You had some good seats for it. Some fantastic <laughs> seats. Some fantastic <laughs> seats, for sure. And that brings me to the Nick Kater Medley Maryland person of the week, um, speaking of Maryland basketball. And I was going to give it to uh, Mr. Fats Russell, who, who played his heart out for the Terps, despite, you know, he could have checked it in, played his heart out. As banks is laughing because you're 100 percent so hard right now. She's in so hard with those in his hair. He's <laughs>
2: going through like the hardest like three weeks in his professional life due to tax time. And I, <gasps> I like I don't think he smiled this. I don't think he smiled in the last three weeks. And yeah. now he's just like a little kid at Christmas.
1: Another big time Jay. Penetrating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm taking Fats Russell. That's one Maryland thing I'm taking. Shout out to Fats great term for like nine months and then i'm taking my my three guys that are departing. i might have taken them last week but i'm giving it to them again i'm taking my three guys departing marty sean and keith all leaving maryland taking them
2: mm-hmm. Marty yep. T. great party um, on friday I'm, for those guys i'm just gonna go baseball i'm just very happy it's back
3: it's back, I'll, I'll, again, I'll hit you with all my. Uh,
2: I'll hit you with my uh, my honorable mentions on the on the wraparound, but I have like six or seven. Thanks,
1: uh, Goldman. Second Goldman. Oh yeah, yeah Goldman was, was electric. He was electric. All these guys having a, a real tough time with a lot of wind, a lot of uh, adverse conditions out there, and Goldman's just pounding the green shot after shot. Um, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, somebody at the players championship thought it'd be a great idea to recreate all the best golf shots that have been ever hit at the Island green. If you're not familiar, with Island green TBC sawgrass, iconic golf ball, and just use the virtual reality the type that they had, the, the Raven with the dragon and everything, or whatever that was flying through M and T bank stadium. They basically did this with the trophy for the players championship. And it was just a gold man who would go up and hit a golf ball onto a green. And this man hit the green every single time. And all these, you know, more water balls um, in the second round that we've seen in a long time. Um, and then he did the Tiger the better than most butt. And it was one of the most electric things I've ever seen. Old man. Players Championship. Great tournament. Turned out great. Took a while to finish. Great tournament.
2: By the way, the golf butchered Tiger's Hall of Fame thing. I know it's not as big as the NBA or, you know, NFL or anything. Like – did anyone know that was on besides for like diehards? Like, if like I'm sure you, you were
1: tuned in, like you knew it was going to happen and everything. But otherwise, no. It's like Golf Hall of Fame just doesn't
2: have the same like it's. It's not the same pizzazz. It's not the NFL. It's not MLB. I get it, but like it's. I thought because it was Tiger Woods, there would be like mm-hmm. a little buzz. Like I, I got on Twitter and it's like, oh, here's Tiger Woods' daughter giving the speech. So I like quickly changed over and luckily I caught it in time. But I'm like. I can't believe she's 14, by the way. I I was shocked when I saw that she was 14. I was just leaving it at that. Yeah, that was, I was, the speech was great. I thought it was, it was very cool. It was good. But again, I was like, I thought for Tiger, there would have been at least something, but I, and the other party, it was
0: was sort of so like, it was so much like not an event. We had it on like the hotel bar at one point last week and it was on. I was like, God, do I kind of want to pay attention to this? And I was like, eh. Conference tournaments are on it was like mm. ba- bad time it was like a thursday n- or wednesday night it was or a something. wednesday night and i get that players. i get they're doing that cuz it cuz it's rolling into the players so it's the pga they're trying you know, to make it PGA's their big their yeah. champions yeah. dinner type thing yeah. for the players yeah. and i, and I which, get that and I, but they so should have like golf channel did a should have done a better job maybe like post maybe they did this and i just wasn't paying attention like post coverage the last few days like play a truncated version on, or maybe they get an hour on NBC before the Saturday coverage where it plays. And even if you miss it, you're like, okay, I can watch this and rolls into the golf. I agree with you. It was weird that, and maybe it was on Twitter. And I was just so wrapped up in college basketball that uh, I didn't.
2: I didn't see it really, again, much on Twitter. I think I caught like an ESPN tweet being like, here's what his daughter said. It's, and I was like, wait, is this happening? It's this is now?
1: so, so bizarre because I, I believe the requirement is to be 45 years old, regardless of whether you're playing or not. So it's kind of like, I mean, Phil Mickelson went in five years ago. It's just, it's it's just kind of weird in that regard. Because and maybe that's
0: part. I do think that's part of it. Tennis does the same thing where they just like put people in the Hall of Fame. Like maybe golf should just. And I guess I guess there's no real great time because guys can play forever and ever and ever. There's no like you retire. Yeah, like are they gonna put? Bernard there's Bernard the five in there's a five-year waiting. Yeah, like they just have to put people in because like they just put them in when they can. You know, when they're 45, or whatever it is. But you know, it's like. When guys retire, like when Ray Lewis retire, like, okay, in this many years, like this yeah, is the whole thing. The like, there's like that buildup. Like Cal Ripken, there's that buildup. You know, for Yankee fans, like Derek Jeter retires. Like we get that buildup to it. Um, you just – you're never going to get that with golf. They're never going to recreate that.
2: Honorable mentions.
1: Just shots and soundboard.
2: I'm just what happy mean? that you found happiness. It's March Madness. <laughs> so, Eric, rip off your 30 you got here. Uh, Ovi767. He's going to do it. He's he's going to do it. Um, Ever Forward. I don't know if you guys are following this. The cargo boat that's stuck in the Chesapeake Bay right outside. Uh, I, saw of you,
0: the, I saw you tweet about that.
2: It's just fucking hilarious. And it's the same company that owned the boat that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Like, it's oh just, uh, you can't make this up. It's right outside of the Key Bridge. It's maybe like four or five miles away from the Key Bridge. Uh, it's very funny. And the name ever forward, a boat being stuck. Very funny. Um, the weather, because it's been great the last couple days. Very, very enjoyable. Uh, shorts weather, it's back. Um, Cedric Mullins for him coming out saying that he didn't tell anyone that he had Crohn's disease and had surgery last year because he wanted all the uh, support and attention to be on Trey. That's what just what like an all-time teammate move. Like, easily, he's becoming one of the more likable. Obviously, I like him a lot. But Outsiders from Baltimore like people are really starting to like him um and then Scott Hall Razor Ramon RIP oh
0: yep I was gonna say him yeah he's the bad guy he was
2: growing up my three favorites were Shawn Michaels Sting and Razor Ramon and like I remember you trying to like at be I, I must have been four or five years old like walking around with a toothpick in my mouth and my dad would be like you cannot have a toothpick like you cannot walk around the house with a toothpick in and I would like flick it all over the house and, and like razor did. And I thought he was the coolest and like watching the, some of the old clips of him and like those old school wrestlers, um, were just so, like, he was so goddamn cool. And, and apparently it seemed like he turned his life around. Like obviously if a wrestler in the nineties, you do some not great stuff and it seemed like he had really turned his life around. And, and obviously, you know, three heart attacks and a stroke will, uh, more than likely put you in the ground. Um, but it, it was neat to see again, all, like a lot of old wrestling clips that I had completely forgotten about and been like, Oh my God, I forgot about this. So he's he was just, he definitely was on a, awesome. he was such a cool guy. Just very he, cool.
0: He was on one of his nine lives and it was not the first one. Yeah. Like he had gone through, you go back and read about Scott Hall, like, and all the, there's an amazing series called dark side of the ring. And it's, mm-hmm. I'm I'm now blanking on what that's shown on Vice. Maybe I think it's Vice or I something like think that. Think yes. it's Vice, dude. Wrestling, talk about it. I mean, I know every sport, and whether you consider wrestling sport or not. Oh, oh my! God. I mean, we have we're obviously sponsored by an all-time wrestling supporter, Johnny Jimmys. So those guys do an amazing job with wrestling, so I think they'll they would approve of this discussion. But man, man. Wrestling has some crazy stuff happen. And Scott Hall centered
2: a, a lot of it in the nineties. Like he he from also a, has from a like, lifestyle standpoint. Yeah, I mean he has some of the all time gifts too. The like the the three D flicking the toothpick. He has the one where someone they throw the cup at him and he just uses the water to like comb his hair back. Just so funny. Very 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 funny stuff. So R I P to Scott Hall. Freddie Freeman Dodgers one sixty. Yeah, saw that coming mm. down. Um, Real shame all about right. the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees,
0: Yankees need to find somebody um, for, for a bit. It could be Correa. Well, until he's in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, maybe. The, the slipper still fits is so good. The slipper still fits.
0: <laughs> baseball's back. Marsh Madness is about to be in full swing tomorrow when this podcast comes out, and football free agency is raging. Great show, gentlemen. That's it for this week's episode of the X the 2 podcast. You can follow the podcast at x 2 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. You can follow myself at Taylor schmidt 10 Fed, throw for all your sunglasses. Thread Level Midnight's got the x 2 merch. And Jimmy Seafood's got the best dining experience in the freaking city. So head out there. Before I go, um, as many people know, I host another podcast called Hear the Turtle. The host of that show, Keith Sneddon, is now moving on from Maryland. And I want to thank him on my other podcast for giving me some experience in this podcast game before I jumped on with you guys. As my, you always remember your first, and he was my first podcast host. And now I'm with you guys, so it's really been an incredible job. So wanted to give Keith that public shout out here um, for, uh, and here the turtle will continue in some iteration. So make sure to go check that out every if you want. If you're a Maryland fan, we will see you next time on the Exit 52 Podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.